0: Hello, I'm Ellie Harris. And I'm Mark Boucher. And welcome to Poking Books.
1: A podcast where I introduce a mystery author who will explain their book through three books which influence that book.
0: And somehow I have to guess what their book is about.
1: And Ellie will know absolutely nothing about the author or their book until they sit down to record with us. Their
0: name, what kind of book they've written, I will know nothing until they enter the studio.
1: I came up with something the other day. I really liked it. What? Can you remember what it was? Because I can't.
0: The mystery book recommendation. Yeah.
1: So, yes, yes we've decided that a good description of this podcast, for people who are just tuning in and are new, is that it's like a mystery book
0: recommendation wrapped up in a podcast. I think that's an accurate description. I think yeah. it's a great way to describe it.
1: We should explain it a little bit more, yep. more specifically. Yes, let's
0: do that. Mark brings an unsuspecting author, or a suspecting author, no, there's an author suspecting,
1: <laughs> Ellie. You're the one who's unsuspecting.
0: Mark brings an author into our spare room slash recording studio, and I am the unsuspecting individual who is given three facts about this author. I don't know their their full name. I don't know what their book they've written is about. Um, they just give me three facts about themselves after which I have to guess what their book they've written might be about. Um, And then they give me three books that have inspired their writing, three books by other people. And after each one, I have to guess what their book might be about.
1: And we should talk about uh, tonight's guest,
0: James. James, yes. I nearly he said his last name then. Yeah. He floated in and talked about um, pubs. So we built an instant rapport. We connected right away.
1: Well, let's see what happens uh, when Ellie meets James. Ellie, this is James. Hello, James. Hello, Ellie.
0: Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you
1: too. And James has prepared for us some wonderful facts.
2: Great. Yep. What are your facts, James? Okay, the first fact Mm -hmm. about me, and maybe the most important fact about me, is that I harbour an ambition to have at least one drink in every single pub in London. It's um, something I've been working on for almost 20 years, which is impressive, considering I'm only 28. Uh, Well, not quite. But, um yeah, I've already covered quite a lot of ground um, i I just love pubs, mm-hmm. and I'm very promiscuous when it comes to pubs okay. i don't I'm not someone that has a regular pub, yep. I like local. to really spread it around, yeah, mm-hmm. no local, mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's uh, that's one of my many ambitions.
0: This is an incredible ambition,
2: yeah, yeah, it's great fun. It's better than running a marathon or anything like that. Yeah. It's more It's more fun and you can do that and in your I own... think it's possible.
0: yeah, I think you
1: can do it at your own pace, um, yes. Uh, I'm going to allow For once A quick um, Sub-questioning Section If you have any questions Okay Because I do I've got so many (laughs) questions About Just about About the pub pub.
2: Yeah I mean I love pubs If I had my own podcast It would be about pubs About pubs Yeah Maybe this is the thing That should happen Yeah 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 It would be guest that pub
0: Ooh Hmm. Okay I'd like to be a guest on that Sorry Mark (laughs) I'm going elsewhere You've lost me I I, I like this Do do
1: you have any particular sort of favourite pubs, hob recommendations?
0: Do I
2: have a favourite pub? Um, I like all pubs. I like Mm. the historical ones, Mm -hmm. uh, ones with a lot of history attached. Mm -hmm. I like the um, sort of trendy ones, the hipster ones. I like the old man pubs. Mm -hmm. Um, The pub that springs to mind is the Pelton Arms, which is in Greenwich uh not far from here it's in the back streets it's a cool pub generally but the reason it it occurs to me it's got they do bands in there it's Mm -hmm. quite nice it's close to the river they do an amazing sunday roast but my dad who grew up in greenwich once told me a story which always um makes me laugh which is he was he was 17 he was driving around in a car Mm -hmm bit of a boy racer i think he just seen bullet steve mcqueen movie yeah. and he's he's being chased or something and he's lost. he's taken a turn he's lost control of the car and he's hit he's scraped along the side of the pelton arms yeah. while everyone's in there people right. have come pouring <laughs> out onto the street to find out what's going on and um it's a lot of drama my granddad was called i don't know exactly how it panned out mm. But what I enjoyed was that a couple of years ago at Father's Day... I mean, he's in his 60s now. We went back to the Pelton Arms... And when we walked in, we were, he was genuinely worried that the landlord might recognise him and say, <laughs> "and say you are barred. <laughs> I've told you not to come back here. So, yeah, that's a bit of family, personal history attached mm. to that pub.
0: I like that. Well, I work in Greenwich and oh, you? I haven't yet been to that pub. So this week, I know what I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. I think,
2: mm. Mm. Okay. Right, can we move on now? Second. Fact number two. Okay. Right. Fact number two is I once tried and failed to sell Jules Holland a four-poster bed. <laughs> um, I was working in a family business at the time. It was a bed shop not far from here. Okay. I'd spent all morning setting up this four-poster bed. I'd you know, done the drapes. I'd done the whole... Course. I was on my own in the shop. He came in and asked me how much it was, and I had no idea because we just set it up. And I'm embarrassed to admit this... I got really starstruck. And and I was quite young at the time. Um, And I went to find the pricing. I was looking through the price list. I got nervous. I dropped the price list, picked it up again, realised I was looking through the wrong price list. Jules got a bit impatient and he said, I'll be back later, and then just sort of left. And I was really shocked at how, because I don't see myself as a starstruck person. And let's be honest, it's only Jules Holland. Um, I mean, I like him, but and um, what would I've been like if Beyonce had walked in and asked me the price of a four poster bed? <laughs> I'd have been a gibbering wreck.
0: He might have been. Yeah.
2: So that's he needed to sec- lie
0: down afterwards.
2: Exactly. That's the second fact about me: is that okay. I'm quite starstruck. Okay. James, could you give us your third fact, please? Right. Okay. Okay. For a very brief period in yeah. human history, I, uh, um, and this isn't so much a fact as a boast. Okay. I was outselling J.K. Rowling. My book, that you're going to guess the uh, title of, was uh, doing better in sales than a J.K. Rowling book.
0: Wow, mm. interesting. Mm, oh, okay, uh, I, yeah. I,
1: th- I think we should come back to that. Come back to end. it.
2: Okay, okay. Mm. The, yeah, it, it's it's a fact that does require some qualification. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's it. Those are the three facts about me. Right so
1: we've got four poster beds and jk rowling Mm. what is james's book about
0: (laughs) 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 i mean if we're going on the the facts alone um a magical musical history of uh pubs in the times of yore Mm. Mm. nice nice straight in there straight
1: in there (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. bullseye that's exactly
1: what it is (laughs) So. Are we ready for book number one? Do you know
2: which book My first one is? book. The big one. Okay. big one. The big one. The big one. We'll start with the big one.
1: And, yeah, so um, sometimes our authors uh, talk about their books, sometimes they bring them in. So today James has brought some books in. And Fantastic. This one is a little bit of a um, nostalgia trip. So obviously it's something yes. lovely and um, cuddly from his childhood.
2: Yes. The Chronicle of Crime by <laughs> Martin Fido with the subheading the infamous felons of modern history and their hideous crimes oh. yeah it's basically just to explain it to your listeners it's a big hardback book um with uh, sort of montage uh photos on the front of various notorious villains throughout history mm. we've got al capone in the middle we've got charles manson over here we've got ted bundy over here
1: i think he was william defoe
2: <laughs> <think> <laughs> Well, he could play ted bundy he yeah. passes more than a resemblance um we've got like loot and old guns and stuff we've got a sort of ticker tape situation around the side
0: drug trafficking
2: drug trafficking
0: blackmail,
2: blackmail. crime passionel um, gangsterism, Gangsterism
1: poisoning, Wh- white slavery, <laughs> extortion. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Reg- bigamy, bigamy, regicide.
1: Have we done drug trafficking? Yeah,
2: we've done drug trafficking Yeah, yeah, yeah. Political assassination. All the great sins are contained within this book. All, all the great evil. I over see. Its- it's,
1: I see. It's got political assassination. Does yes. it have regular assassination, or does it specialize just in? I think that's.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess it must have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. What's so, the backstory with this? So the backstory of this is this spans a two hundred year period. Okay. Um it begins in eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of it's a sort of beginner's guide to true crime mm-hmm. that begins in eighteen hundred and ends in nineteen ninety three. The reason it ends in 1993 is that's when I was given this by my grandparents. Okay. I was 18 in in 1993 which is just a, which is a good age for a book like this. They were it,
1: buying you like school exercise it, books. Yeah. Right there, and they're like <laughs> this is something he can learn. Yeah,
2: about. exactly. I think they thought well he's old enough to handle it mm. but also young enough to still be impressed by what is obviously quite a tabloidy, exploitative book. Mm-hmm. But this book I mean, I was going over it again. I've owned it ever since, and I was going over it again yesterday for the first time in however many years, mm-hmm. probably since 1993. Mm-hmm. And truth is, it's not a very good book. Um, it basically it details every every page is a different year. Okay. So here we have 1830, yeah. and we get told about a fir- the first peeler member of the Metropolitan Police force who is murdered on duty we get a picture of him we get a sort of article it skims the surface of all these stories as you go through it cuts through to the 19th century Mm -hmm. crime incorporated lucky luciano bugsy siegel all those guys you come through to uh it it takes in the charles manson murders the zodiac killer the moore's murderers um lots of famous crimes lots of not so famous crime every page has uh is treated like a different news story of whatever was going on in that given year. Um, So it's quite... It doesn't really... It skims the surface. It
0: doesn't dig down.
2: It doesn't dig down. It skims a lot of surface. Mm -hmm. But there's no, like psychological element to it, it's yep. not really interested in sociology, mm-hmm. it's it's basically just exploiting all these crimes
1: So it's got a sort of twisted nostalgia for yes. you, but you don't think it's actually brilliant.
2: I do actually think it's brilliant, uh, for reasons that I'm now going to be, say, contradictory the reason is, is that even though this book is, like if I was to read this now, I, I it, it's sort of the type of book that gives true crime a bad name, because it's so exploitative, okay. but on Boxing Day in 1993, I couldn't take my nose out of this thing. <laughs> soaking up every single gory detail, yeah. reading all about the history, the crimes, the different people, the criminals, the victims, mm-hmm. the uh, the people who catch the criminals. Mm-hmm. And just finding it all, it really fired up my imagination. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, because at 18, I probably already wanted to be... A, a writer yeah a uh, yeah gave me loads of great ideas great train robbery I could do one of those um and, yeah, I could assassinate a president um and uh, no I knew I and wanted it's
1: something he's getting back into now.
2: Um, anyway um I uh, I knew I wanted to be a writer and I knew that this was the sort of stuff I wanted to write about mm. and even though this is a relatively kind of lurid tabloidy book it's sort of the sort of books I've gone on to read in life and uh, the sort of things I've gone on to write are sort of triggered by my interest in this hmm. in this uh, big big book of murder
0: okay.
2: yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good point to um
1: do a bit of guesswork what, right. do, what do you reckon Ellie
0: I reckon it is a story of a detective of sorts who oh I'm not sure what era it's set in yet whether it's present day whether it's in the past but I reckon it's fiction yeah solving crimes well I mean it's a big book of crime if that's an influence then maybe I I couldn't (laughs) tell you it's it's a really
1: right so we're on to a detective story we're on to a detective maybe there's a heist You weren't sure if it was the past or the present, but definitely not the future.
0: No, it's um, not, no. I'm not feeling... I'm not Sorry. feeling... <laughs> I mean, no maybe, fluff, maybe it not is said in the future. No, I'm not feeling the future. Mm. Okay. okay, right.
1: Let's move on to book number two. Okay. So no, this one? Yes,
2: I think so. Um, so this is a comic, mm-hmm. a graphic novel, as okay. we call them nowadays. Yes. Um, it's... Uh, it's, I loved comics when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I kind of always say that Stan Lee taught me how to read. Yeah. But my favourite comic writer in the world is Alan Moore. Okay. I don't know if, if do you know him? I
0: know uh, of him. Yeah. Watchman. Personally?
2: No, not personally. <laughs> Watchman, V for Vendetta, cool, yeah. From Hell. Uh, the Killing Joke. Yeah, that's right. Oh, he knows he's Alan Moore. Um, mm-hmm. And this one, which is called The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. which is written by Moore and illustrated by Kevin O'Neill. The reason I've picked this one, this isn't my favourite Alan Moore comic, mm-hmm. particularly. I've chosen it because it's the one that probably has the most amount of crossover with what I've written. Um, but it is a book I thought about a lot when I started writing my own. Okay. Um, basically, the premise of this book is that you have different characters from Victorian literature. Mm-hmm. You have Jekyll and Hyde. You have Captain Nemo. You have H.G. Wells's The Invisible Man, Alan Quartermain. And uh, Mina Murray, who is uh, Dracula. Dracula woman, yeah,
1: and Alan Quartermain, I believe, yes. was kind of the character that that Indiana Jones was ultimately a ripoff yeah.
2: of. He, his most, fa- he's in a few books. His most famous one is King Solomon's Minds. And he's, I think, quite a problematic character historically because he's very empire, like he's real colonial spirit of going into the you know darkest Africa with his elephant gun and you know, um, and he's a sort of character that is now considered very old fashioned. And mm. Alan Moore basically takes all these characters uh, that have been created and we feel we know in some cases sticks them together in a kind of superhero group. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a Victorian Avengers, mm-hmm. a nineteenth century Justice League. Um, he sticks them all together and he sticks them in a story where they are trying to solve a crime that, spoiler alert, is committed by Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Oh, not him again. Yeah, I know. He's a pain, isn't he? <laughs> Once again. <laughs> so, um, but being Alan Moore, he's a very kind of, unlike the writer of the previous book, he's very interested in... in. Uh, uh themes uh sociological themes and mm. political themes he's very interested in empire he loves deconstructing uh these characters like alan quatermain who he casts as a kind of ruined old man post empire in an opium den mm. his brain's sort of gone and all these other characters are sort of deconstructed and the ugly aspects of that period are brought out so mm. he plays he's very irreverent with them yeah um so yeah that's that book and the art's really great it's by a guy called kevin o'neill and the style of it the line work is very sketchy and detailed it's not dissimilar to the sort of art in my previous book that you would see in the old sort of police illustrated um illustrations of different you know there's the sort of exaggerated victorian gothic artwork Mm -hmm. that was doing the rounds around then so that's that book
1: cool brilliant the league of extraordinary gentlemen ellie what do you reckon?
0: I wasn't sure about time, but I'm going to go for the past. Um, right. I think oh, yes. there's the past is coming through from the uh, couple of things you've talked about. Oh, it's so difficult. I'm, I'm going to stick with the idea that it is someone solving a crime. Um, maybe they seem like I think it's I think it's a male character. Maybe he hides out in the deepest, darkest pubs, waiting, trying Mm. to pick up clues from the neighbourhood. You've mentioned illustrations, so maybe there's some lovely illustrations throughout your book as well.
1: So I think we're ready for book number three. Book number three. (laughs) This is the third book. The
2: The third book. book number three will be. (laughs) One of my favourite books, written by a new, exciting voice on the Uh literary scene. A cool London thriller, Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. (laughs) And if you, as you can see, my copy of Charles Dickens is pretty ragged. It's well loved. It's well loved. I've owned it for twenty years. I went mm-hmm. travelling with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written all over it. It's um, definitely the the biggest influence on my book. Mm-hmm. Um, there are chapters in this book that I have read countless times, mm-hmm. and there are other chapters in this book that I've barely read once. Mm-hmm. Because Dickens is that kind of writer. One minute you're really excited and it's really great. Yep. And then there's a chapter where Oliver goes to the country and hangs out with a country family mm. and gets involved in a, in sort of tedious romantic intrigue that you just skip. But the best bits of this book... <laughs> The London plot, mm-hmm. the crime stuff, mm-hmm. the uh, the kind of uh, all the criminal contingent characters that we meet—Fagin, Bill Sykes, all those kind of smoky dens and mm-hmm. the and the and the the dark alleyways—that to me has always been completely irresistible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, it's just a world I've always found fascinating. It's a world I associate London with, um, and I think it's a really strong book anyway. Mm-hmm. It's uh, when it came out in 1839. It was quite a, a political book, I think, because it deals with a lot of poverty. It deals mm-hmm. with uh, the workhouses. It deals with all these criminals running around, picking pockets, mm-hmm. and um, it it was a book that I think frightened a lot of the government. There was a story um, that that has been recorded of a conversation that happened between Queen Victoria and her then Prime Minister, Mm. Lord Melbourne, who are the two most famous and important people in London at that time. They're so famous. They've both had places in Australia named after them, Mm. Victoria and Melbourne. And they're having a conversation in public. And she says she's been hearing about Oliver Twist. And she says, I'd love to to hear more. Should I read this book? Mm. I hear it's really good. And Lord Melbourne immediately talks her out of it and says, don't read that book. It's full of poor people, criminals, squalor, I don't think that you should be reading this. And um, no wonder he didn't want her to read it because there was no more damning indictment of his kind of new poor laws and the situation that he'd created that she would have read than by reading Oliver Twist. So it always interests me that this is quite a sort of powerful book in that way that, you know, the great and the good didn't want people reading it Mm because it was quite, you know, uh, um, a more powerful book than we sometimes realise. But for me... It's all about the characters. I just love the characters of this book. And like I say, the uh, the crime stuff is just fantastic.
0: Okay. What do you reckon? What do I reckon? Good question. I might go quite specific. I think this is a, a sort of dark crime novel told through... Told as a graphic novel. Okay. It's set in... Victorian England in the back streets. I'm still, I'm still keeping a pub. I think there's something like shady, you know, when you see like gangsters Mm -hmm. hanging out in the back alleys, you don't know what's going on, quite sort of film noir vibe going on. Um, Still male protagonist, male detective investigating. Maybe he's undercover. Maybe that's what he's doing, hanging out in the back streets. He's trying to hang out (laughs) undercover to solve whatever crime that's been committed. I want to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> your book is great. <laughs> um, and he has a cat at home. It's a ginger cat. All
1: or right. Where Simon. are you going? A ginger cat's all for silence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah? No? Good. Okay. So I don't know we... what
0: the crime is. Mm-hmm. I right. think there's going to be lots of twists and turns through it. It's going to catch you unawares. Can, can you not
1: get a, a crime? Can you not get? I'm bringing out the, uh, the Chronicle, Chronicle of, of crime, crime, which has this ticker tape. Uh, and and, and you want me to just pick crime.
0: one of those? Yeah, go on,
1: pick a crime. Oh, can I? Pick a, can I pick one crime. more? You can pick a couple if you want.
0: Okay, I think there's blackmail, mm-hmm. crime passionel, <laughs> extortion, and maybe like maybe a little bit of gangsterism.
1: Okay, extortion, crime passionnel, gangsterism. What was the other one? Blackmail. And blackmail. Yeah. And it's a it's, it's about a detective with a cat called Simon yeah. um, going through the streets of Victorian London.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's uh, definitely but, pubs involved.
0: Yeah, there are. And um, Simon, I don't think, features quite heavily. I think Simon is who our detective goes back to at the end of the day and talks through out loud his sort of theories too. And that's when he sort of, you know, Simon's his sounding board.
1: Great. Okay, brilliant. That sounds really nice. That is uncannily
2: close. (laughs) Shall I reveal my book?
1: Yeah, I think it is time. James, could you give us your full name, the name of your book, and what it's about?
2: My name is James Benmore. My book is called Dodger, and it's The Continuing Adventures of the Artful Dodger from Oliver Twist. Ooh! Um, Here it is, and it's basically, uh, it's the first in a series of novels. I wrote three of these. Um, and it's basically Dodger telling his story in his own voice, his way um, about um, the events of. It begins just sort of around the time that Oliver Twist ends for Dodger. Okay. In Oliver Twist, Dodger gets arrested for stealing a silver sneeze box, snuff mm-hmm. box, as they as uh, as it, we'd call it, and he is transported to Australia for five years. Mm-hmm. In my book, Dodger returns five years later. Um, he's not supposed to return mm-hmm. but he's here on business and he learns about how um his whole criminal family fagin bill sykes nancy mm-hmm. bullseye the dog they've all been destroyed in his absence okay. and he can't even remember oliver mm-hmm. because oliver wasn't that important to him but um he sort of comes back and he reestablishes himself as a criminal presence in okay. and there are pubs and uh yes. there is not <laughs> a cat called simon but i might Try and stick one in the next book because that's a good one. Oh. Could, <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. if our on on <laughs> yeah. had such oh, an effect? Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it, Dodger. Um, so yeah, uh, he's my favourite character yeah. from my favourite book. Okay. I did. I deliberately went out of my way not to mention him when I was talking about Oliver Twist mm-hmm. because I didn't want uh, to give it away too much. Yeah. But that's why the uh, the history of crime because I love writing about. Um, yeah criminals and, and especially criminals of your mm-hmm. and um, and the Alan Moore book because I love the way he uses characters and that was a kind of okay. precedent for me when I sat down to write my book the idea that you can take characters and make them yours yeah. was yeah. really attractive
1: okay and um, was there, is there any blackmail or crime personnel?
2: There's um, a lot of theft. There's okay. an awful lot of stealing. There are a few murders. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, what else is there? There's there's quite a lot of people passing themselves, like false identity mm. stuff.
1: There's no, is there any investigation? I have read this, but I'm trying to remember. Is there yeah. any sort of investigation? There is an
2: investigation. He's not necessarily the investigator. Mm-hmm. So um, he is being investigated most of the time. There's there's a, uh, uh, Peeler after him, which is what they called the Metropolitan yeah. Police at that time, uh, called Inspector Bracken, and he's kind of on Dodger's tail throughout mm-hmm. most of the books. So there is a detective in There's it.
0: The, the fourth book in the series, yeah. Dr. Bracken. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's
0: a doctor as well, by the way, in my book. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I like that this is now a co <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. A authored book.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is a really good <laughs> collaboration. I should have come to you before I <laughs> wrote this. It's like full of good ideas. Hmm.
0: Wow, brilliant.
2: Yes, I well think... done. And you got pretty close.
0: I got yeah, I was right sort of lines. Yeah, yeah. right Didn't vibe.
1: Do you want to tell us um, briefly what the, the other two books are oh,
2: yeah, in the sure. Dodger series? Yeah, the, so Dodger is the first book, and that's all about him coming back to us from Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a bit of a secret mission. He's got to find a, a, a missing jewel. Yes. The second book is called Dodger of the Dials, okay. and that's about him uh, kind of rising up in the crime world, and he ends up getting arrested and sent to Newgate Prison mm-hmm. uh, where for a crime he didn't commit, which is murder, one of the few crimes he didn't commit. And uh, the third book is called Dodger of the Revolution and that is about him going to Paris uh, right in the middle of the 1848 uh, revolution, the the revolutionary uprising that happened there and kind of getting snarled up in all of that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, those are the books.
1: Fantastic. Cool. Would you like to do us a little reading?
2: Oh, I'd love to. Yes. Well, this I'm going to read now from the beginning of the book. And as I say, most of it's set afterwards. But this is set... This is the missing scene from Oliver Twist. In Oliver Twist, he gets arrested and sent to uh, Australia, but we see the court case. We never see his actual arrest. So, chapter one. The silver sneeze box. We was a gang of six, and we were swooping through the London crowds like low-flying jackdaws, fast, thieving, and beautiful to behold. It was the first day of May and the people of the city was all dressed up in their Sunday finery, not least of all us, the happy students of the Saffron Hill School of Finders Keepers. We were scudding through the dusty lanes towards Covent Garden, where we hoped to find the choicest trinkets that London could offer, and we was all very much feeling that spring buzz. I was leading the thing, as was natural, and close behind me was my best pal Charlie Bates. After him came Jem White, Georgie Bluckers and Mouse Flynn, and that, I now reflect, Should have been all. Five has always been more than enough to work a spring crowd. In truth, the ideal number of boys to go finding with was three. One to distract, the other to dip and pass, and the last to make the dash. But, what with the day being so merry and fresh, we was all feeling companionable, and so was stuck together like toffees in sun. All of these boys was gifted in the art, and had it been just us, then it would have remained a very pleasant and productive morning but we also had Horry Belltower dragging along behind us, and this stupid oath proved to be my undoing. Horry was not one of us. I had never taken him to Saffron Hill because I knew that the Jew would not be interested. He was too old, too lumbering. He looked and smelt as if he'd been dredging through the riverbank all night, so shabby was his clothes. We was all dressed up flashy and colourful, in proper gentleman's attire, with studs, rings, gold chains and such, so he didn't much care for the look of him in his dirty coat and faded neckerchief. On top of this, he was too feeble-minded and fat-fingered to make a living in our chosen profession. As a thief, all he was good for was the lay, jumping out in front of young children what are running errands for their mothers in the genteel districts and taking their sixpences by force. No one respected the Kinchinlay, an idiot could do it. What Horry couldn't do was turn himself invisible like we could. He couldn't put himself just outside a cove site and stay there no matter which way their heads may turn. But worse than all this, he was slow. And we all hated slow. So, that's it. Gives you a little flavour of what the book Thank is. You.
0: The first day of May is my birthday and that's when I wear my Sunday finest. <laughs> is it? Yes. Oh,
2: well. oh, That's cool. That's, that's a coincidence. Brilliant. Thank,
0: Thank you, you so very much. much that's
2: right. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me.
1: I think we should. We're not done yet. All right. We we want some clarification on All this right. uh, J.K. Yes, please. Rowling claim. Please. Okay. Yeah,
2: it was quite a boast, wasn't it? And now I've got to climb down quite radically. <laughs> so this was because back
1: in. Was it in two two
2: thousand and thirteen? This book was published uh-huh. around the same time that a book called The Cuckoo's Calling by Robert Galbraith was published, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you if you remember what that is, but it's a book that J.K. Rowling published under a pseudonym and didn't tell anyone that it was jk rowling and there was about a six week period where nobody <laughs> knew it was jk rowling and in that six week period yeah. i am assured by my publisher that i was out selling her the minute the media got hold of the fact <laughs> that she was the, the real author yeah. of um a cuckoo's calling mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's safe to say the scales tipped back in her in her favour.
0: Probably only slightly, though.
2: Yeah, I think she went to number one in the Sunday Times bestseller list within the hour. Okay. Uh, yeah, a six-week delay, but in with a bullet. Yeah. Um, and then she got,
1: and then that has been adapted uh, for a TV yeah. series. <laughs> you haven't, and like she already had a few I know, films. I know. She
2: yeah, oh. she already... yeah, she, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, but I like, it gives me great pride to know that back when the yeah. playing field was level, mm. I, this book was holding its own, opposite.
0: Great. Yeah. And I think I did pretty well. Getting you did it on the well. right lines.
2: Yeah, you were on the right lines. Mm. Uh, Victorian crime. Mm-hmm. The cat was a bit off. But yeah, yeah, apart from that. Just
0: trying to give them a backstory, yeah. okay? Yeah. A Actually, obvious.
2: as I was reading that and I was coming up with all the names of the pickpockets, I, th- yeah. I thought to myself, I'm going to stick in Simon the Cat as if it was the name of one of
0: the, <laughs> one of the criminals. <laughs> just really just, to, mind, just to be like, wow. She got it dead on. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. People would start to think I'm cheating. Yes. That's what would happen. Yeah. yeah good oh, well, great. Great. thank you very great. much thank you so much that... it's really my god my your... pleasure
2: thank you so much having me on it's a real honour
1: so Ellie I feel like you're more on the side of the law
0: well I am a law abiding citizen yes play by the rules
1: you read any Dickens
0: um don't ask me that. that's really embarrassing I haven't no it's I fine haven't. because
1: I no I seriously like if I if it hadn't been for the Muppets Christmas Carol well I
0: that's the thing yeah, yeah.
1: I wouldn't have All read any either. Mm. Um Yeah, no, I've I've only read A Christmas Carol.
0: Does he? Don't put this in. But does he do Gulliver's <laughs> Gulliver's Travels? Who wrote that? I'm putting it in. Don't. <laughs> Who wrote this Gulliver's not... Travels?
1: It's the thing is that like, I know what you mean because like you're that a super intelligent of... person and then you've just sort of honed in on one thing that you definitely don't know. <laughs> it's Jonathan Swift. Um I only know that because I'm just like a total Okay. Yeah. No good to know. It's a really good okay. book. No. I've it's read all that. right. There's only like a hundred years between them. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Well well done. I think you, you got everything. You just got you just thought it was a police officer and not a criminal.
0: That's because I believe crime is wrong, Mark.
1: What but was your favourite crime? What's if my favourite crime? If you had to go to jail for something, Ooh. what would it be?
0: Uh, selling sharks on the black market Alive Good answer Yeah That's what okay. I go for mm.
1: Did you say Sorry Selling sharks on the black market Alive
0: Yeah They have to be alive I'm not into killing sharks I love sharks
1: No That's good Yeah That's good
0: Yeah With small hats They each come with a small hat You know like Buy one get one free but Buy a shark get a free hat For the shark Not for the person
1: Well I'm glad you've got an idea For your own children's <laughs> book um, But I think now It's time for us To end the podcast Okay Good idea Cool so, if you enjoyed today's show, please do look up James Ben Moore's Dodger trilogy. So, we've got Dodger,
0: Dodger of the Dials,
1: and Dodger of the Revolution online bookshops everywhere.
0: You've been listening to Poking Books with Ellie Harris and Mark Bowsher.
1: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them are just at Poking Books.
0: No hashtags, no underscores, just simply at Poking Books. You can also listen to the podcast at soundcloud.com forward slash Poking Books.
1: Or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: And remember, if you do enjoy the podcast, please subscribe because it means more people will find us and listen to us.
1: You've been listening to a Rabbit Island podcast and do tune in for the next episode very soon.
0: Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you. Bye.